Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, September 9, 2019, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the chapter, We Agnostics. We are on page 53, starting with the second paragraph, when we became alcoholics, and we're reading that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thanks for your service, the 12 steps, Mary Ann L., the 12 Traditions of OA, Lynn F., and readers of our text are Russ M. and Ginger C. The reference number for yesterday's special edition, so that was Sunday, September 8th, uh, share ID 13,372. That's 13372. <clears throat> Excuse me. The OA preamble. Over Ears Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Marianne L. to please read the 12 steps of OA. Marianne? Hi, this is Marianne L. Um, I am a compulsive overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our care. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Marianne L. 
And would everyone please be sure to press star one to mute their phone. I will now ask Lynn F. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Lynn, please go ahead. Lynn, press star one. I can't hear you. Katie, can you hear, can you hear me yes. now? There Thank you are, you. my friend. Please All go ahead. All right. All right. Uh, Lynn F. recovered in Pennsylvania, and good morning. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is one, but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our readers are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Have a great day. Thank you, Lynn F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery, described in the big book Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter We Agnostics, starting on page, oh wait, hang on a second, I have the wrong reference. Starting on page 53, the second paragraph, when we became alcoholics. And I am going to ask my friend Russell M. to get us started. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Katie. Russ M., recovered compulsive overeater outside of Philly. 
when we became alcoholics, crossed by a self-imposed crisis, we could not postpone or evade. We had to fiercely face the proposition that God is either everything or else he's nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? Whew. So isn't this the purpose of the whole deal? Isn't this like the premise of the whole book, Captain Obvious over here saying this? You know, for me, my, the whole reason why I ate, the whole, I, I don't know. I feel the whole reason why I ate is because I didn't want to surrender everything to God, right? I didn't want to give him his just due that he worked this out and that he has a plan and that he, he'll he take care of me. Insecurity, right? Fear and control and ego and pride, right? But in January 2017, I finally, after being bludgeoned, after, after being battered and almost losing everything, I got on my knees and said, yo, Lord, you are everything. You are everything. And and, it, and it's funny because, you know, it's good to go through the steps. It's good to have sponsees. It's good to be program man. But when the road gets a little rocky, is God still everything? Is, is he the end all be all? Or is it only when, you know, uh, a couple of my guys get through and they're sponsoring people and my kids are great and my wife and I are getting along and, you know, life is peachy. Is that when God is everything? Or is he, is he everything at all, at, at all times in my life? You know, I, I'm down the beach right now, right? I'm looking at the sun, listening on, on, on the waves here. I can't see from the beginning to the end of the coast. There's no beginning, no end here. And I think I got the things figured out, right? I think I know what's going on. You know, I, I can't. I'm not even scratching the surface, surface of life, and that's the, that's what the beauty of this program is. That's what the you know this God-inspired book that Bill, Doctor Bob, the first hundred, you know Roseanne, the the whole crew. This is what they latched onto, so they can have that spiritual connection with that higher power, that they can realize that we're really we, you know, we couldn't do it on our own. That guy, you know, he's, this is my, my, my favorite line. You know, he either is or he isn't. So I have to choose that every day. In good and bad and, you know, you know what I'm getting at. My, my point is that, you know, continual surrender and, and, uh, and just working this program with humility. All right, love you guys. You have a beautiful day. Thanks for this opportunity. Thank you, Russ. And before I begin taking your names, just a reminder, we do ask that if you've shared on this meeting in the last day or two, that you please um, give others an opportunity to share. And we are on page 53 with the second paragraph when we became alcoholics and this amazing, incredible paragraph. Who would like to share? So hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You know what? Hang on, hang on. Please hang on, hang on. My my pen wasn't working. All right. So I know I'm not hearty enough. Okay. So these are the only names I heard, and I apologize to all of you. Jackie B, Ginger C, Melissa C, and Kim G. 
Who else? Nancy. You know what? I miss Nancy, Edini, and Larry. And that's going to be our our lineup to start off. So I apologize. I know, I know, I know. So we have Jackie B, Ginger C, Melissa C, Kim G, Nancy C, Edini M, and Larry K. And uh, let's get going. Jackie, please go ahead. Thanks. This is Jackie B from the Bronx. Can I be heard? Can I be heard? You can. And moving forward, friends, if I can't hear you, I will let you know. Please go ahead, Jackie. Hi. I am so grateful for that passage. Um, you know, the funny thing is, is that what I realized was, is God was always with me. It's just when I decided that I was going to rely on God. You know, it was so easy to say, God, why did you give me this family? Why did you give me this life? Why did you do this? Why? You know, it was always God's fault for why I was miserable. The bottom line was I was miserable because I wasn't willing to stop being in control. When I stopped saying, I got it, I have to do everything, that's when God came into my life. When I realized the slightest little action from the universe. You know, a, 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 a gentleman who sees me walking and all of a sudden I'm like a, a, a foot away and he's like, I'm going to go past you and then all, all of a sudden opens the door for me. I said, oh my God, that is so nice. Thank you. Thank you for your thought. You know, or someone who just says good morning, who just doesn't know who I am. You know, God is everywhere have to be quiet and listen and understand that God's there. Even when I get upset or full of fear or anxiety, God is there. I just have to say, you know what? Instead of me just reacting on impulse or running to the nearest box bag or, or uh, thing, I go, God, you know, let me know what you want. Let me know what I'm supposed to do, you know? And something I read with my sponsee last night I have to be of service. I have to do what I can where I can. And that doesn't mean just people in program. That means outside of program. That means also with my family, with my friends, with my coworkers. I have to be available to do God's will so that when God is talking to me, I feel it at all times. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. All right, next up we'll have Ginger C, followed by Melissa C. Ginger, please go ahead. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C, recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. And yes, amazing paragraph. Um, so crushed is when I am cornered at last and I'm willing to do anything because I cannot keep on the way I am going. I am dying in this food and I cannot stop eating it. So God is everything or else he is nothing. And you know, this decision is really not that difficult. If you're done and you're beaten and you're dying, again, I don't care what you tell me. You've got something and I want it and I need it desperately. I don't want it to go nowhere except six feet under. And I repeatedly in life forget to quit playing God. And the only difference between me and God is God doesn't want to be ginger. 
So I get uncomfortable with situations because I forget that I'm seeking and I'm constantly praying, God, grow, grow me. I want to be more effective. And so God listens to those prayers and God gets me uncomfortable. Disturbances come and I let go because I forget. I get threatened. I get hurt in that third column. And I think I have to manage my life again. I think I have to take control and protect me. So Thank goodness for these disturbances that never stop, and I pray they never stop, because that's the greatest reminder, this pain, this touchstone. And it reminds me, right, Ginge, God is everything. You let go of God's hand again. You're wondering why life is a little hard? Well, you're trying to run the show. Self-reliance fails you always. So where is God? How is God everything today in your life? Are you agnostic? Have you let go of God's hand or are you close and connected? And I think a more important question, rather than what I'm doing, someone shared this yesterday. It was brilliant. Don't focus on what I'm doing. It sort of gives me a path. What am I not doing? That should be the greater question. So am I working hard and doing this compliance program or am I really stretching and reaching to that next level? And if I am, that's that price that needs to be paid. And it's hard work. It's painful. But it's everything because self-destruction, this ego has got to be put down. And it's not an overnight matter. And with that, I pass. Sorry about that. Okay, thanks, Ginger. Okay, we're now going to have Melissa C. Followed by Kim G. Melissa, please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. It's Melissa C. Recovered compulsive overeater um, in New York. And yeah, I love this paragraph. Um, you know, this is like so many people, one of my favorites because, um, you know, it, it really comes down to this. Is God everything or is he nothing? And, um, you know, and I could talk about my self-imposed crisis as, um, you know, something that's part of my history. And I did have my moment of crisis, you know, where it really became clear to me, um, you know, when my mouth was bleeding from eating shredded wheat cereal alcoholically and I was still eating with a mouthful of blood, like I knew I was crushed, I got it. But, um, you know, this is a living and breathing document for me. This is, um, I need a vital spiritual experience so that it means effective living, it's vital. And um, I have self-imposed crisis all the time, you know. Um, and I, you know, part of me is like, what do you mean self-imposed? These are real crises. Um, and, I, you know, somebody taught me, you know, yeah, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And it's when I'm suffering that I am in a self-imposed crisis. And like all things I need to be God. And I can often find out that I'm not seeking God when I hear myself saying over and over, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Because I'm thinking that I'm going to do God's job and I'm going to do something that's going to make my circumstances different. And, you know, my my recent um, practice has been when I'm, struggling in a, in a situation, and it's oftentimes my kids um, that I struggle with because I want to be God, um, I first have to thank 
kindness of being their parent. And when I can come at it from that angle, I can give it back to God because God in his infinite wisdom made me their parent. And so then I must trust that he's going to give me some intuition to maybe, maybe do something or maybe not. And, you know, my my, um, son is in the grips of anxiety and it's so painful to watch and it's reminds me of what it must have looked like to be my husband, to have to watch it. And I realized this morning, um, yeah, God just wants me to give that kid a hug and say, I'm sorry, Monday morning's rough for you. There's nothing else I need to do. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Just a couple reminders. Uh, we prefer no speakerphone so we can record this meeting beautifully. Uh, We are on page 53 with the second paragraph when we became alcoholics. And we are now, and next up we have uh, Kim G, followed by Nancy T. Kim, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. Excuse me, and I've been recovered since January 2011. Oh, the proposition that God is either everything or or nothing. You know, that is, it's, it's so beautiful. You know, last week, we studied my personal step two. The God ideas didn't work, but you know, my ideas didn't work, but the God idea did. So my step one experience convinced me my ideas didn't work. I was exposed to recovered people who I believed were once like me and were no longer like me. And they said this God idea worked. And my belief that it worked for them was enough for me to take step two. And this paragraph is saying, okay, coming to that conclusion, what am I going to do about it? Um, they're now asking me, am I all in? This is the idea of going to any length. It's the idea from switching to yeah, but to yes, ma'am. You know, we often ask, what am I willing to do? I think the question is here is, what am I not willing to do? Because that's what's going to block me. You know, let's take God out of this. Let's take God out of it. It's the big book, the 12-step instructions. You know, are these 12-step instructions everything or are they nothing? Because step two is basically a conclusion to do steps three through 12. And I have to tell you, even as a recovered woman, I love to use this as part of my step 11. But I use this book, Where Do I Think the God Idea Won't Work Today? And I default, default back to self-reliance. And once again, using it as a 12 steps, where do I think these 12 steps won't work in my life? You know, I remember years ago, when I started in OA, my, my idea was, well, you know, God's job is world hunger. He doesn't have time and hunger. So what happens for me personally, it's not the big stuff that takes me out. It's the little stuff. And we often talk about finance and romance or the things that take a lot of, lot of addicts out. You know, I had a little dispute with my neighbor yesterday, and I remember thinking to myself, I have no right to talk to God about this because look what the Bahamas are going through. He doesn't have time to deal with this little neighbor thing, and I have to do this myself. That's exactly where this disease is going to get me. So no matter where you are in the steps today, reflect on this. Is the big book, are these instructions everything or they're nothing? What is my choice to be now, today? Think of that line on page 58. There is one who has all power. May you find him now. So the question is, what are now you going to do about this? God is everything. God is nothing. The big book is everything or else it's nothing. What is my choice to be now? And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Kim G. All right, Nancy T. followed by Adini M. Nancy, please go ahead. Thank you, Katie. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T. Recovered Compulsive Overeater today in Caldwell, Idaho. Um, I love this paragraph. There's many of them that I love in this big book, but this is one. And it's asking me to uh, make a choice. And, you know, the big book asks us to make a choice several times throughout the chapters that go take us through the 12 steps. Uh, you know, back in step one, and there is a solution, we were told we had two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out our intolerable situation, or to accept spiritual help. And at that time, I'm still thinking, I, you know, that's a hard decision at that point, because I'm still stuck in the muck and mire. And, um, you know, when we're in the disease, our disease life seems like the only normal one. So to make a decision to accept spiritual help seems like a big step. By the time we get to this one, where God is either everything or he is nothing, he either is or he isn't, you know, I'm a little further away from my last bite. I'm a little more clear-minded, but I still haven't had a spiritual experience. And so to say God is either everything or God is nothing is still a little difficult for a control freak like me with a capital CF, I tell you. I want to control the show. So what does that mean if I say God is everything? You know, but luckily I was told by my sponsor, step two is about being open-minded and willing. Um, just willing, I've already acknowledged that on my own resources I'm screwed and I need a higher power. And so now my job is to be open-minded. Um, and she said, so make your choice and then act as if. So I wrote in the margins, I choose God. And then I began to act as if. What does that mean if I had chosen God? So when I started trying to run this show, I would have to stop myself and go, wait a minute, I chose God. So that means, you know, that I'm, I'm going to let him run this show today. But I'm not there yet. We're, we're at step two here. So I'm not expected to have this huge experience, spiritual experience at this point. Um, and, you know, just in a couple of pages um, on 55, when we get there, it's going to tell us where and how to find this power. It's deep down within us is where and how is to search diligently. And it even tells us that that's the only place we're going to find them. I can't find them anywhere else. I certainly can't find them in the bottom of a bag of M&Ms or, um, as Harlan would say, underneath a Kit Kat bar. You know, it's just that's not there. So I'm open. I'm open-minded today to new ideas. Um, what does it look like in my life to let God run the show? I am so grateful I made that choice back in step two because my life is nothing today compared to what it was before. I am so grateful to be on the recovered side of things. And that requires me to do certain things each and every day to maintain that spiritual fitness. And I willingly do them today because it, it, my my choice is clear today. There's no muddling involved in it. It's it's clear to me. I choose God every single time. And when I jump back in and try to take control, I have avenues to um, use to get back on the right side, which is step 10, um, 10, 11, and 12. Thanks so much, Katie, for your service. And thank you all for allowing me to share. I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. We'll now have Edini M. followed by Larry K. Edini, please go ahead. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M., and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. So after being crushed from my polluted thinking, it didn't leave me with much. So I had no direction, and I needed to be disciplined. So... 
whatever I resisted, it always persisted. And my pain was my struggle. And I had to give that up. I had to let go of that. I had to surrender and just accept. So there was nothing else for me but to just trust, rely, but mostly to really see and believe in the truth. My creator is everything to me. I had to let go of myself and grab onto God's hand to be led, to be guided, to accept what is and what isn't, to pray, to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. If God is just in my head and not in my feet, then I am agnostic. I need to be alert, aware, and awake to see what the truth is. How am I acting and what is my thinking? Are they both aligned? So when God is in my heart and in the depths of my soul, then my brain is being rewired and God is cultivated and softening my heart. Then what? It must be pushed down onto my feet and I no longer walk crookedly, but I start to walk straight with God in mind, body, and soul. And I start to become aligned with God. And I start to become as God would have me be. I'm so blessed I was awakened to choices. I'm so grateful I chose to see and live in the light of the Spirit, where the truth lies that God is everything. It's so comforting to know that I don't have to live my life alone trying to figure things out. I listen and I follow the light of the spirit that brings me to a place of joy, happiness, and freedom. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Edini. And we'll now have Larry Kay, and then we'll take a new batch of names. Larry, please go ahead. Hi, Katie. Thanks for your service. Larry Kay recovered from Chicago. I'll set my timer here, Katie. Okay, um, I no longer hold God responsible for uh, for my disease, uh, for illnesses, accidents, the abuse that I suffered when I was a child, because I realize through this program that I gain very little and I lose so much when I blame God for those things. And I can worship a, a higher power who hates suffering but cannot eliminate it more easily than I can worship a God who chooses to make children suffer and die for whatever, you know, exalted reasons. Um, I remember um, seeing a bumper sticker uh, that said, uh, um, my God is not dead. Sorry about yours. And I guess my bumper sticker reads, you know, my God is not cruel. Sorry about yours. God, I I believe in a higher power that does not cause our misfortunes. Some are just caused by bad luck. Some are are caused by bad people. Some are simply just, you know, an an inevitable consequence of being human and being mortal and and living in a world of of natural laws. And, And yes, there are painful things that can happen to us that are not punishments for our misbehaviors, nor are they in any way part of some grand design of God, at least that's what I believe today. Um, you know, I suffering is meaningless unless you decide otherwise. I had to decide otherwise within the context of the, this program, the spiritual program in, this, in these texts. I was not handed my suffering in this disease as punishment. 
it is the greatest gift I've been giving, been given. Is the suffering that I experienced, yes, indeed, I see it that way. The suffering that I had to go through for this disease because I would not be on this line, I would not be able to, to help a person or two along the way had I not gone through that. God is everything for, to me today. It's just I have a, a different concept of God. I had, to, I had to throw away old ideas and old attitudes and old beliefs for a new idea. Um, so I, I'm grateful that God is everything today. I'm get grateful for this program of spiritual action. That's what it is. I got to put my jersey on today. Then I won't have uh, frosting in my in my hair. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. <clears throat> okay, if you're just joining us, we're on page 53. We are reading one paragraph, um, the second paragraph, when we became alcoholics, and a reminder to stay off your speakerphones. And uh, if you haven't shared in the last day or so, I'd love to hear your name. Please. Go I ring. Irene, you, Irene, I got you. Irene, I got you. Hang Barbara. on, wait. All right, everyone, pause for one second, because I'm just in a mass of the only people <laughs> that I've heard are Irene and Do. Who else? Darren, 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 I got Kelly. I got Barbara. Did I hear Reva P? Cindy M. My Christina J. So okay, hang on one second, friends. All right, this is who I have. Just please pause, I promise. Irene B. Do L. Darian K. Kelly. Why did I put E? Kelly F. Or, or S. No, I think it's S as in Sam. And Cindy M. Uh, can I have one more? Christina J. Jennifer W. Okay, we'll do Christina. Jennifer, I don't think that there is time. Thank Four God that there is a second e. hour. Oh shoot! I know Barbara. I had you. I heard you at some point. I, but I can't. I'm sorry, guys. My my pen wasn't fast enough. I'm so loving everyone's enthusiasm, and hopefully we can uh, maybe keep it a little short, get everyone in. So here's the lineup, and I apologize. We have Irene B, Stu L, Darian K, Kelly S, Cindy M, Christina L, and Barbara. E, and uh, thanks for being patient with me today. Uh, please go ahead, Irene. Good morning. Thank you so much for your beautiful service. I am Irene B., a very gratefully abstinent recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This little short paragraph just grabbed my gut, and I'm so excited that my gut reacted to it. It's like I am feeling my feelings. I am in touch. My gut reacted. That is a miracle of this program, but I digress. I love this paragraph, even though, actually, I love to hate it. Maybe, I don't know. I have mixed emotions about it because it scares me half to death. Because the idea of God being everything in my life brings me into fear. Fear, I, I walked away from God as a small child because I was a bad girl and I was afraid of that punishing God, so I walked away from him. Then I wanted to come back to God, and then he said, if you want to follow me, you have to pick up my cross. Well, I was still young, and I took it literally, and it scared me half to death because I knew that I 
tried my entire life to be a good girl, and I couldn't be a good girl no matter how I tried. And I understood that I needed to be my ideal self. And I knew that I couldn't be, and that scared me, and it shamed me, and it, oh, my gosh, the overwhelming, the, you know, that led to a lot of buildup of human emotion. Then as I started to look at my beliefs, you know, uncover, discover, and then discard, I, and then replace, got to replace it. I started to realize that God is a loving God of infinite love and acceptance and grace. God has no expectations of me. All he wants from me is to do the best that I can with the talents that he gave me, no more, no less. He doesn't expect me to be a miraculous worker because he knows I can't, and and that's not what it's about. He just wants me to use my talents to the maximum. He doesn't want me to waste them. That's fair. That's not unreasonable. But I used to think that he wanted so much more than I could deliver. And it was scary. It just made me feel like a total and utter failure. But God has no expectations. All he wants is to have a relationship with me. And so I worked on that, but I couldn't connect to him throughout the day. So I'm learning that. Basically, I'm having to learn to pause throughout the day and reach out to him and make him my eternal companion. Oh, I better pass. Thank you so much for listening. I will pass. Thanks. All right. Do L followed by Darian K. Do, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Do L, Recover Compulsive Reader. Um, I absolutely love this. So what is the self-imposed crisis? And, you know, there's a, a meaning for that. Um, to, be self, to be imposed is to cause something such as a tax fine rule or punishment to affect someone or something by using your authority to establish or create something unwanted in a forceful or harmful way to force someone to accept something for yourself. And so the big book is talking about uh, what is the crisis, the, the proposal. The proposal is that we agnostically inclined would not feel satisfied with a proposal which does not lend itself to reasonable approach or interpretation. That's the proposal. The proposal is, um, do, am I willing to believe in something greater than myself? You know, am I willing to accept that my way has not worked? Uh, And when I try to be self-reliant and uh, self-impose self-reliance on myself, that I could do it myself, my crisis is that I go into compulsive eating and I can't seem to stop. You know, that's my crisis. My crisis is that I don't work through these steps and I don't get connected to a higher power of my understanding. Um, you know, or that I have these prejudices of a higher power, and so I'm not going to accept it. And so we had to face the proposition, either God is everything or he's nothing. And the answer has always been no. He has been nothing because I've not given myself up to this higher power. 
you know, and they're saying here, either he is everything or he's nothing. What was our choice to be? Today, we have a different option. You know, it's saying, you know, you can come to believe in a power greater than yourself. You know, it can be your own conception. It doesn't have to be anybody else's, but you do have to believe in something greater than yourself. That's not you. That's not yourself because yourself always gets you in trouble. And so I'm, I'm grateful that uh, I get to do this today and I get to look at this proposition and say, what am I unwilling to give to God? Why am I unwilling to give, give it to God? And what would God have me be? And what God would have me be is be in recovery, be uh, 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 instead of self-conscious, be God-conscious, and have a way of living that really brings about true happiness, joys, and freedom. Um, and, and that's what this is offering. So what is my choice? My choice is I accept it or I don't. But I, I'm hoping that we accept it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Duel. Okay, we'll have Darian K followed by Kelly S. K E L L E Y. Darian, please go ahead. Can Hi, Katie. Can you hear me? Okay. Where we're reading? Sure, Darian. Please give me one yep. moment. We are sure. on page fifty-three. Thanks, Darian. We are on the second paragraph. <clears throat> Excuse me. I apologize. When we became alcoholics, and we did read that one paragraph. Thanks for the reminder to let you guys know. All right, Darian. Please go ahead. Hi, Katie. Darian Kay in the Berkshires, Massachusetts, recovered for today. Um, good reading. Um, made me think about the black and white that I see the world. Um, and, and thank God this is sort of a good black and white, I guess. Um, so God is either everything or nothing. And so, um, yeah, I have to believe that um, all my problems all my joys, all my neutrality, everything in between is really um, between me and God. And and then I have to lean in on God for everything in my life. Otherwise, I'm just going to be a scared little shaking child that doesn't know how to handle life. And, um, you know, I always say it's like really a lot about looking back and seeing how God has carried me through so much. Um, even when I didn't like specifically ask, he was just always there carrying me. And, um, and, you know, I believe that God is everything and he has helped me through so much, um, in my life. So, um, you know, I just, I do believe, and I am so grateful, um, that all of you are here for me today. And, um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Darian Kay. And we will now have Kelly S. followed by Cindy M. We are on page 53, second paragraph, when we became alcoholics. Kelly, please go ahead. Good morning, Katie. It's Kelly with EYS in uh, Oklahoma Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic. Um, so self-imposed crisis, that was something that jumped out at me um, because I was always a victim, a victim to this disease, a victim to life. Poor me, why is this always happening? And it was quite a, a lesson in humility, this self-imposed crisis. And later the big book says that our troubles um, are basically of our own making. So that's another one of those ouches. The big book repeats things that it believes. Um, so that was something that jumped out to me. And then um, 
you know, this is that thing, you know, what was my self-imposed crisis, my inability to do life. Yeah, I couldn't uh, stop compulsively overeating. I couldn't stop the binging and the purging. That's true. But why was I doing it? Because I could not do life. And that this program is a design for living. We're putting down the food because we have to have this design for living. And how am I going to be able to do that with this higher power? Earlier in the paragraph, uh, this chapter, you know, um, I've been running my life with a little P, you know, the little power. And I had to find a greater power, the capital P. And, um, and I, I questioned this, too. And I love that somebody else had shared, you know, that, you know, what I had to do is I had to do the act of zip. And, yes, I've been around these rooms three decades. Don't, you know, didn't you hear that before? Yes. But you know what? That self-imposed crisis got me to that desperation, you know, that I finally was open to hearing. What does that mean? And what was shared earlier is what is it, what is it, what does that mean to believe in this power? You know, we're just a step two. I have to remember that right here in this book. Where am I at? In this book today, we're at step two. I'm coming to believe. Like, you know, I, I didn't know for sure. You know, I just thought I was terminally unique that everybody else was getting it. You guys on the line, everybody else. You know, I had to come to believe that maybe I'm not so terminally unique that I could have this program, right? But I had to work it like it was instructed. And so I did it because I saw you guys doing it and because I finally was open because desperation brought me to that place to think maybe my way wasn't working. Maybe you guys knew what you were talking about. Maybe this big book that's been around for all these years knew what it was talking about since it hadn't been changed in all these years. So I had to make that decision, right? And I had to start acting as if, you know, so anytime I would, you know, think about it, I would just, again, today I'm just going to act as if there's this power. I don't understand it. I never understood my disease. I did it anyway. So today I'm just going to believe because you guys believe. And I don't know, but it's working. And yes, you know, you know the rest. I worked the steps, you know, got the spiritual awakening. But today in this book, all you have to do is be willing to believe that there is a power, a capital P, and it's not you. And it's not me. I can promise you that. And there is a power working in my life today. And yes, I had to work these steps to really get all that spiritual awakening. But I had to start somewhere. And my self-imposed crisis got me to my knees. Thank you, God, for that place of desperation today. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Kelly. All right, next up, we'll have Cindy M., followed by Christina J. Cindy, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Cindy M., recovered by God's grace. Um, I love this paragraph um, because it, you know, I know I fought with this paragraph for a long time. Like, God is... God is everything or God is nothing, but how does, what does that mean, you know? And, um, and so today that means that everything that touches me is, is God ordained. Not that he caused it, not that, not that he, you know, we have this world that, you know, things happen. I have a, I had a ruptured disc. I had to have surgery. I've been on my, you know, I've been out you know, out of all the wonderful things I do for two months. But God um, God used that time so that I could sponsor five people. I mean, so I've been able to um, do something much more valuable than what I usually do. And, um, and so I felt useful during that time. And I love how Kim G. pointed out that later in the book it says that in, on page 58 it says, um, God is here, will you have him now, you know, may you find him now. And already before that, we're being asked to say God is either everything or God is nothing. 
And I love this book because it just keeps reiterating the truth over and over again in different ways that we can each um, hear at different times when we're ready. And um, I just, you know, if I can bring God into everything in my life, then I can, he can be everything. If I keep thinking I have to solve all the problems in my life, then he is nothing. And, and it, it is just true that sometimes even with my own relationship with my higher power, I can't see the truth. And then I need to see it with somebody else helping me, God with skin on. And so I love 10 steps because I, I do the best I can to answer those questions, to look at myself, and then I, then I call somebody to get some more truth. And I I'll always, always, always feel like I'm touched by my higher power when I, you know, finish a 10 step. It's, it's like a miracle just happened. So thank you for listening. I hope you all have a great day. I'll pass. Thank you, Cindy M. Next up, Christina J., followed by Barbara E. Christina, please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Um, thank you for your service, Katie, and everyone on the line. I have to say, because I've never said it before, but <laughs> I am just not over myself yet when it comes to sharing. I, might, I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. I keep sharing and hoping that my heart will start beat, stop beating so hard, but... And I have performed in front of people over the world, thousands of people, because um, I'm a musician. But yet, when I get on this line, oh, my God. <laughs> so I pray that God takes this away from me, because it's really hard to share with such... It reminds me when I was in 10th grade, and I had to get up and sing in front of everybody, and my legs were shaking so bad. But at any rate, let me get on to this work. Um, God is everything or he's nothing. This takes me back to step one, two, and three for myself. Step two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. I had no problem with that, so I thought. I believed in a power since I was a child. Made a decision to turn our will and lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Hey, I already had that down. I have this down. I don't have any problems with step two and three. What baffled me was step one. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol. I got that part, that our lives had become unmanageable. I didn't get that. Like, I, got, I don't know how to manage my life. What is this telling me? I don't understand this. So um, came into vision in 2014, worked the program, got abstinent, didn't quite get emotionally abstinent, got physically abstinent, still didn't get step one, slowly went into relapse, didn't quite get it until April of this year when I got abstinent again for the final time and begin to give my life over to God in a way I'd never known, which meant surrendering and asking him for help in situations where I was un, um, unsure, scared, overwhelmed. Just at work this past week, I had all these projects coming at me left and right, and I had to get payroll done. And I just um, said, God, I, I have, you have to help me with this. This is the first time I've ever asked for God's help at my work. This weekend, I had to do our extended tax return work. I ran into problem after problem. I sat down, closed my eyes, and prayed, God help me. I had a successful day. I was extremely happy. I got everything done. And I got out of the way of myself and just applied myself to the task after I asked God for help. Um, my life is unmanageable continually, and I have to surrender to God. God is everything to me, and I have found the final piece in that, in that statement. God is everything or he's nothing in that I ask him for help in all things. 
My life will be unmanageable continually for the rest of my life if I don't surrender and let him take the reins and guide. You know, he's got the compass up there, and I'm rowing. So um, this has been uh, really an awakening, and it's been a subtle, subtle journey on deep levels. And when people on the line share about their recovery and they're happy and all this stuff, I'm finally Time, finding please. Thank you very much. I wasn't timing myself. Thanks, everyone, for sharing, and I look forward to hearing the rest of the shares. God bless. Thank you, Christina J. and Barbara E. We are going to wrap up this action-packed first hour with you. Barbara, please go ahead. Is it God or is it God? I was very happy to be a joyful listener today. There are 400 people on the line. What a gift. This is Barbara E. in New Jersey. Wow. Wow, that's all I could say. I came into OA 22 years ago. I was coming in for a diet, nothing more. My Ebby brought me in, a neighbor who said, I've got a new diet, you want to try it? And I said, sure, why not? Because I gained and lost weight so many times. I didn't want to stop eating the way I ate. I just didn't want the awful consequences, the washcloth taped to my thighs, the sweat shield under my arms, the tents that I had to wear to school. I didn't want to die like John Candy, John Bellucci, Dan Blocker, and Jackie Gleason for my morbid obesity. And this woman that I spoke to said that I'd be open, just open to the possibility that there was some kind of a power source available if I just listened and waited. And I heard so many people who appeared to be sane, abstinent, and free of the compulsion to eat. And I thought, how could they all be wrong? I didn't want to be stuck in the cycle of addiction, being miserable, self-seeking, dishonest, frightened all the time. I wanted to be a good mother to my two young children. I was desperate, but she said there was one condition, that I'd work all the steps, not half-heartedly, but completely, and I had to trust. Well, to me, there was no God. But I came to the conclusion that God was not a religion. God was a relationship. And I could have a relationship with God. And I could, if I sought and I listened, feel the gentle hands of my power, which I often refer to as not me, giving me the strength to go through life's tough times without going back to the food for ease and comfort, and not even wanting to. I was now feeling a true spiritual connection. And it didn't come to me in step two. It really didn't. I think it was after step nine that I began to truly believe. And if you are out there and suffering... Time, please. I tell you there is hope. Thank you so much, Katie G. You are a sweetheart for fitting me in. I pass. 
I wish I was that that powerful. God is good letting us share. Thank you for an action-packed meeting. Thank you to everyone who made this meeting possible. Um, And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Monday, September 9, is 13,3073. That's 13373. We will now close with the reading from the big book. On page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer, will Ginger C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Ginger. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.